0: Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland.
1: And I'm Sandra Smith.
0: And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is.
1: In this episode, we explore Type 5.
2: I spend a lot of time in my head and experiencing things in my head before I've ever even gone through them. And in a way, that's really exhausting. And I'm I'm using the very energy that I'm trying to protect by trying to experience ahead of time and trying to prepare and plan ahead for something that usually you just can't necessarily plan ahead for.
0: Today we're going to explore the contours of Type 5, and we're pleased to welcome Brian Hayes as our guest. We'll introduce Brian a little bit more later. As we begin, I want to invite our listeners and all of us here um, to remember to open all parts of ourselves, all of our brains, our heart, our mind, and our body as we listen with our full selves. And we invite the, the those of us who are type 5 and those of us, all of us, which have that inner type 5 in us to listen in. So I encourage you now just to take a deep breath for Grounded Presence.
1: So type 5, you may recall, um, we're in the head center of intelligence now, where fear is the primary emotional issue. And in this center of intelligence, there's a focus on data on information. For type 5, there is a natural detaching to observe. Um, They create a little distance between themselves and the world to observe it. Um, They are highly sensitive to demand, intrusion, and have a high need for privacy. This is a type that can easily seem objective because they detach from emotion in the moment. Now let's be clear that type fives have big feelings, deep emotions, it's just they detach in the moment to feel them later. And we all know that an emotion felt later is is different than one felt in the moment. So part of the growth for this type is really to land in the experience rather than to observe their experience of
0: life. So uh, we want to welcome you, Brian. Um, Brian Hayes is a graduate of Wake Forest University School of Divinity, where uh, we met. And um, and he's currently a Master of Counseling student at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro. And he is a beautiful five in the world. So we're grateful that you're here, Brian. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I want to begin by reading part of a poem from Mary Oliver um, that uh, you may find some resonance with. I believe I will never quite know. Though I play at the edges of knowing, truly I know our part is not knowing but looking and touching and loving, which is the way I walk on, softly through this star-lit night. Anything come up for you as you hear that, Brian?
2: Yeah, that really does connect with uh, this desire in me to know as much as I can know. Um, and it's in that striving for Knowledge and information that I feel like I'll protect myself uh, and, and there's some of that poem that's reaching beyond just that intellectual knowledge and that's a stretch for me yeah to be honest it's that's hard for me there's other ways of knowing that are experiential that are bodily um that are with the sensations uh those those are foreign to me mm. a lot of times um but I know they're necessary. And, and I know that's a lot of my growth as a five is to push towards those kind of
0: experiences. Beautiful. I want to talk to them about growth. I, before we do that, I want to ask you, use the word protect. Mm-hmm. I, I, I gain knowledge to protect myself. What, talk, talk about that. What's, what are you protecting?
2: Um, I'm Protecting a lot. I'm protecting my, my time, uh, my energy, and really my, my whole sense of self. Of who I am. Uh, I I feel like if I can understand more about the world, understand more about my experience, um, understand more about what I'm going to go through, uh, that somehow when I get there it'll be easier. Mm. Uh, I'll know enough to to make it uh, something that won't drain me, to make it something that won't uh, chip away at who I am.
1: So Brian just gave us um the core piece of type five uh, in several dimensions first of all this need to know ahead of time because there's a great fear being seen as incompetent so if i can go ahead know what's happening i'll be prepared however it's in that preparation that mental preparation that fives deplete themselves does that make sense to you
2: yeah it does uh You know, as as you said, five is a head type, and I spend a lot of time in my head and experiencing things in my head before I've ever even gone through them. And in a way, that's really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm using the very energy that I'm trying to protect by trying to experience ahead of time and trying to prepare and plan ahead for something that usually you just can't necessarily plan ahead for.
1: Well, you know, when you get there, do you feel exhausted?
2: <laughs> a lot of times I do. Oh. Yeah, I'm already tired. <laughs> oh.
1: You've been planning for this recording for a
2: while, huh?
0: I've never, I appreciate you. I've never heard it quite said like that. So thanks for naming that and Sandra for highlighting that, that I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm depleting myself by doing the preparatory work. So I won't be depleted. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is, that's, I, that's very insightful.
1: We types are complete with our paradoxes, aren't we? <laughs> there's There's one for type five. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Yeah.
0: yeah. What happens, Brian, if you, um, if you don't prepare?
2: There's a lot of anxiety that goes along with that. Yeah. Um, mostly in the beforehand time, you know, knowing that I'm going to be somewhere that I won't feel ready for. Uh, and so that's very hard for me and i do feel very nervous and uh, there is that sense of inadequacy and incompetence that i'm not enough to just jump into this moment Mm -hmm. that i need to know more and be ready for this moment Mm -hmm. or when i get there i'm just not going to be enough
1: so it is that mental framework that that sees scarcity before abundance Mm -hmm. and that's one face of that for this type structure so, I'm going to be depleted, or I won't have enough resources to, um, to be present or fulfill what I've been asked to do. So, Brian, when you come to those places where you aren't prepared, what happens when you actually move through them? What do you find?
2: Well, I actually find that sometimes the preparation wasn't necessary.
1: Woohoo! <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is freeing and is an invitation to, to grow, for sure. Um, and I often find that, um, much more present when I can let Mm. go of that need to prepare and that need to somehow gather something that I don't feel like I have, I can simply be in that moment. And that's, it's a very good feeling. It's a feeling I don't often allow myself to have. Mm. Um. And that's not always what I feel. You know, sometimes that anxiety does carry over into that moment and I can't seem to get past it. Uh, But there are those times where I jump into something feeling not ready and find that I really was all along.
0: Mm.
2: Something as I've been preparing to become a counselor that has come up um, is this very thing that we're talking about. Mm. Last semester, I did 40 hours of direct time with clients. uh, And as I worked through that with uh, my supervisor, I found that that idea of just being in that moment and being present has come into play so many times. Uh, At the very beginning of the semester, she was very impressed with just how I was in the room and just present and in the moment and connected to my clients. And I realized that's because I didn't know what I was doing. That's all I had to go on. Wow. Wow, mm-hmm.
0: Brian. That's incredible.
2: <laughs> and as I felt like I learned more and grew more and started to apply theory to what I was doing, I got in my own way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I wasn't as effective, I wasn't as therapeutic, and so I found that you know my greatest source of of healing as a counselor is really my own self, my own connectedness to myself and my own connectedness to the client in the room mm-hmm. and not. The knowledge and the resource and the theory that i try to bring into the room wow that's beautiful
1: i'm just hearing the words of our friend and mentor david daniels who says you know the quality of thinking is different when you're present Mm -hmm. and then a grounded presence is required to open the heart Mm -hmm. and brian what you're telling us is you're meeting these clients with your heart Mm -hmm. rather than theory thank you
0: and it's this reminder that you're already competent, right? Mm. You're already competent because you show up in the room and you're willing to be present with them. Mm-hmm. That is the competence. That's beautiful.
2: And that's something that came up time and time again. You know, as I've been trying to grow professionally as a counselor and personally, is just to depend on that, lean into that confidence that is innate. It's already in me, uh, but I try to bring something that's outside of me into it and that's when I I really get in the way of what's gonna be most hopeful.
1: Mm. So in these settings with clients, you know, we hear that fives detach from emotion. Um, how do you continue residing in your heart through this session and um, staying with emotion? Because we read that, that emotions are so unpredictable that fives kind of pull back there. Can you speak to that a bit?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is something that I've had to work on, but I find that it's easier than I might expect. Um, I do have a lot of four in me as a, a wing four, you know, I do have some of that influence. Um, and so there is a lot of that empathy piece that's very natural to me um, and so i I try to tap into that as mm-hmm. much as I can mm-hmm. in those sessions and um, And you know, I find that by just being open and being in the moment uh, it's it's a lot easier and i can I can feel what that client is feeling, and I can tap into those pieces in my own experience that connect with what they're feeling, uh, and all that happens right there. In the room, as long as I can just stay there and be there, uh, it's the moment when I start questioning what I'm doing and uh, wondering whether I'm saying the right thing or whether I'm feeling the right thing. You know, that's when I kind of lose touch of that emotion piece.
1: Sounds like your presence is a prerequisite for spontaneity—the spontaneous mm-hmm. uh, opening of the heart for mm-hmm. another.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. It's kind of the basis of what allows me that window into someone else's life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that ability to connect. If, I, if I'm not really fully there, if I'm you know, thinking ahead to what I'm going to write in my case note after the session's mm-hmm. over or you know, what are we going to do next session, if I'm already there, then I'm going to miss that ability to connect mm-hmm. on a deeper level.
1: You just remind us, Brian, that for all of us, no matter our Enneagram type, this is about cultivating presence because if we aren't present nothing changes and there is no learning so thank you for that reminder of
0: yeah so brian help um, i'm thinking about our listeners who want to understand a little bit more of um what the five type type patterns are like and so what are some um some habits or kind of when you're sort of not paying attention when you're not present to use this language um and you kind of find yourself living out this pattern in a kind of mindless way um, uh, what happens what's that like describe that for us a little bit maybe you have a story about
2: that Mm -hmm. yeah so kind of the crux of it for me is when i'm very much living in my fiveness i tend to observe and not participate So I tend to sort of watch other people live life from afar, Uh, and a lot of times I'm perfectly okay with that, to be honest. Sure. I I don't necessarily always feel like I need to be in the thick of things, Um, although I realize that I miss out when I do that. But my tendency is just to sort of sit back on the periphery and watch and learn, uh, and not necessarily have to participate and jump in. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of kind of the, the foundations of what my automatic five behaviors look like. Right.
0: Is there, can you think of some time in the, I don't know, last month or whatever, where that you've noticed that you yourself do that?
2: Yeah. um, We just got back, my wife and I from a trip, uh, an amazing trip overseas to Europe. Cool. And, so that that interplay was always present because we would go to you know huge cities, we went to London, we went to Dublin, uh, and you know we would be trying to travel around and get places. Uh, and most of the time, I just felt myself sort of detach from myself in a way, and just sort of watch myself live and weave through and observe where I was without actually fully realizing where I was mm. and fully being in that moment and, and jumping into the experience. Uh, so I, yeah, I did see that really recently of yeah. uh, just that interplay of, you know, observing what was going on and even observing myself in a way and not participating and not experiencing.
0: Right. That's, and I, I think you've, you've said some of this, but I maybe say a little bit more about what, how does that like in that example of that story, um, how does that serve you? In other words, that kind of when I observe myself or I'm sort of watching from afar, what um, what's that about? What's the motivation in there for mm-hmm. you?
2: I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand the environment I'm in. I'm trying to understand how I should act, how I'm expected to act, uh, how, I, how I can act in a way that's going to, again, protect me mm-hmm. and help me get what I want. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just, it's really a way to just step back and figure things out uh, and without actually having to be there. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you.
1: Five, seek to understand what is expected of me here because there's this fear of being depleted. So they want to understand the situation, what the expectations are. You know, I'm sitting here as one who leads with type eight thinking, wow, that's so foreign to me. I wish I could do more of that. I'm so impulsive, but there is a um, an editing or a censoring of the self that I'm hearing from you that you're detaching to understand because that protects you from being uh, depleted, it sounds like.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is a way of making sure that all the resources that I have, all the time and energy that I have, I, I want to protect that. I want to hold on to that. I don't want to lose it. And... You know in my in my mind I feel like if I jump into an experience that seems overwhelming that I will lose those resources that they'll be taken from me and that I'll be drained and that's that's kind of the ultimate fear for me is to feel drained yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's the crux of it right the big
1: Mm -hmm. illusion for five Mm -hmm. what if you stepped into those unpredictable moments with the understanding that you would be nourished
2: that would be very helpful to me if I could do that. <laughs> and it, it is it's a, an illusion. It's a I'm stretch, glad you yeah. it is a stretch, yes. And I'm glad you use that term illusion because that's something that I do realize, you know, cognitively I realize yeah. it's an illusion. You know, this idea that I'm somehow separate from everything else around me and everyone else around me, that I need to wall myself off. That's an illusion. I mean I'm connected to everything around me. Mm-hmm. And I'm only blocking off energy sources whenever I draw in. I'm only shutting myself off from sources of life.
0: thought is as a five if i wall myself off i'll protect all my time my energy my resources but the reality is you said it so beautifully when i wall myself off i limit my i can't i i can no longer have access to sources of energy outside of myself wow wow that's so nice
1: insightful learning moment (laughs) for us thank you brian
0: you also said something about like um if uh, I'm afraid my resources will be taken from me. So it's an interesting, I was struck by that language because there's a passivity in that, like as if somehow somebody or something out there is gonna just suck all your energy. And I, I wonder, um, I don't know, I'm just playing with this idea but I wonder what it's like to frame that and say, what kind of energy am I, do I choose to give or what kind of time? I mean, I guess fives do that kind of anyway. But I'm wondering about that kind of, like, it's going to be taken from me, like you don't have agency somehow. Does that resonate with you at all?
2: It does, yeah. And it's, it's this fear that I'll find myself in a situation, uh, like I'll make some commitment that I won't be able to get out of, that I'll be sort of stuck in. Uh, and at that point, I don't feel like I'm choosing to give that energy anymore. <sighs> and, and it's just being sucked out of me. Gotcha. So that's kind of the, the feeling that goes along with that. Um, But, you know, it would certainly be an interesting point of growth to reclaim that agency in that moment Mm. and to say, yes, I'm in this situation, I'm in this uh, experience, and I'm still choosing to give this energy, Mm. and I'm still choosing to open myself up to what's here. That Mm. would definitely be a a more helpful way probably to to think about that, but my tendency is to feel stuck and to feel like it's just all being taken from me. Right. That's
0: good. That's the default. The default is like, I'm obligated. I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. It's going to take all this from me. It's
1: a way that um, head types give away power. Mm -hmm. So specific to five, it's a way you're giving away your own authority and power. You can initiate what you need. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. That Mm -hmm. was a great question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, Another, I mean, again, we've highlighted some of this, but um, I I wonder in terms of uh, what are some of the gifts that you see uh, of the type five structure, like because there are amazing things you bring in the world because of who you are as Brian Hayes and also because of this type pattern. So what are some of those gifts and how do they, how do they serve
2: you? Well, Mm -hmm. well, one is that I do think ahead a lot and that can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be helpful to have planned for different scenarios and to be ready uh, for what, is to come you know that has served me well in a lot of ways uh, there's there's always that underside of you know it makes me sometimes miss out on the moment um, but that planning ahead and and thinking through experience
0: has served me well absolutely I've, I always want to fly on my team right mm-hmm. whatever because they're thinking ahead and they're going to be researching and they're going to be asking great questions and it's a beautiful gift yeah others
2: I also realized that I tend not to have a lot of personal needs. Uh, I tend to have limited things that I feel like I have to have because of that desire not to be attached to anything, uh, mm-hmm. not to be stuck in something that I'll be dependent dependent on or will depend- be dependent on me. Uh, and so there's almost a, a gift of simplicity that mm-hmm. I feel like I have where I I don't need to be attached to a lot of things to enjoy life and to be content. Um, And again, there's always the other side of that, you know, but that, that I think is a gift, Mm -hmm. you know, where I I don't feel like I need a lot of material possessions, a lot of, um, a lot of relationships. You know, I need a few that are strong and close to me, but I don't need a huge group of friends Mm -hmm. to feel like I matter. Yeah, uh, wow, beautiful. <laughs> what what do you need a lot of? <laughs> I need a lot of time. Okay, <laughs> uh, a lot of time to myself. Okay, uh, particularly just time to let all those things that gather in my mind settle and sort those things out, and uh, and just to reflect on those. Uh, that's very important for me to sort of gather myself together and prepare for the next moment. Yeah. That's
0: well, I, you know, I have, I'm a, live with type four. So I have some, a five wing in there too. And the part of the image that came to me, as you said, that is I feel this way. Sometimes I get so much input that what I need time by myself for it to kind of sift down, like to mm-hmm. kind of for the sand, you know, if you shake up a, a thing of water with sand in it, it's all cloudy. It's like, I need the sand to just kind of settle at the bottom so I can pay attention to what's important and begin to process. I don't know if that met, resonates with you, but that's what came up for me.
2: Mm -hmm. it definitely does and part of that time to myself too does allow me to feel those feelings that you mentioned Sandra that I didn't allow myself to feel Mm -hmm. in the moment it gives me space to you know have those emotions and those feelings even though as you said they're not as intense possibly as they could have been in the moment Um, not as true to the experience possibly they may be sifted through my own reflection mm. by the space between the event and where I'm at at that moment. Um, but it does give me the chance to, to touch those emotions.
1: Mm. Well, Brian, where would you say uh, at this point in your life and given your type that Uh, where's your greatest invitation to grow right now
2: there's a lot of invitations to grow (laughs) I feel like Um, but I I really think that that idea of presence is probably the biggest invitation for me and particularly presence with people uh, and staying engaged with people because my tendency is to disconnect Uh, Anytime I I feel like I'm too dependent on a person or a person's too dependent on me or if I feel them disengaged somehow from the relationship, then my tendency is just to detach and move on and wall myself off. Uh, And so I think my invitation to growth is to stay connected, um, to allow people in, to share of myself uh, and allow people to get to know who I am that's another thing that has come up for me in my counseling experience uh, is that i hardly ever self-disclose that was something that my supervisor had to remind me over and over you know that yes there are ways that you want to refrain from certain kinds of self-disclosure but there's a lot of self-disclosure that's really helpful for clients Mm -hmm. and they need to hear from you as a person and not just you as a therapist Uh, and so that was a major challenge for me is to be willing to share my own experience, my own feelings, my own thoughts. And that's something I still feel invited mm-hmm.
1: into. Mm-hmm. And it's in that kind of engagement that information transforms to wisdom. Mm-hmm. Because wisdom comes in the relating.
0: It, this is a little bit tricky, but, but I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, what, what would it be like for you, Brian, to be in the room with a client and allow yourself to be moved in that moment? Mm-hmm by what they bring
2: mm. it's it happened a couple times yeah, yeah this this past semester and it was it was overwhelming mm-hmm. to me because I just kind of had to sit there and just sit with it and sit with the person in the room and obviously I couldn't stay there and and really in that moment let that connect with the very deep part of, of what that triggered for me just because, you know, the therapeutic relationship is about the clients. Sure. Um, but it, is, it was important for me to, to sit with it in the moment and take note of what happened yeah. and where that touched in me. Yeah. And then know that I needed to come back and do some more work
0: in that later on. Absolutely. And I think that's beautiful. And I would imagine, I have no idea, but I would imagine, but for that client, and I know if it were me, the fact that you allowed yourself to feel that, to be in that with that client, that just in that presence in of itself was healing for the client as well. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful gift that you already are competent in. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: I want to just ask if there's anything that um, else that you might like to share. Anything that's kind of bubbling up for you, or um, I want to offer a space for that.
2: Yeah, there is something else that I know we we sort of touched on this, but there's a lot of leading with type five that often feels like being paralyzed in a way. Um, it's it's part of that tendency to observe and not participate, but it also ties to uh, that seeking of knowledge and it's this idea that i can never know enough to act in a competent way mm. um, and this has shown up a lot for me recently uh, in that i just found out not long ago that my wife is pregnant oh. and uh, congratulations yes. thank you so much yep. and while that's wonderful news it also scares me bit so much yeah and Already I feel like I just don't know enough to be a good dad. I'm just not ready. And I don't feel like I can ever be ready, that I can never know enough. And I just, I feel so stuck in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's that's a feeling for a five that is important to understand, I think. It's not often that fives are intentionally withdrawing because they don't want connection. But it's just they feel so stuck in the not knowing. Yeah. And the not feeling competent. Yeah. Mm. And so I just think that's, that's important to understand. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So, as we close our time um, of learning with Type 5 and with Brian, and thank you again, we have a question for the deeper dive for our listeners and for all of us. So, how might we pay um, attention to how we play it safe with our hearts? How do you play it safe with your heart? Just notice throughout the next week. And do you want to shift anything around that? So with heartfelt gratitude for this time, I'm Sandra.
0: And I'm Chris. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris who composed our theme music and for Toby Becker who provided graphic design.
1: Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner who provided recording space and to the Narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders. And special thanks to all of our guests.
0: We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth. And in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book.
1: In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.